Hello and welcome to the C-Store Decisions Live podcast. I'm John Lovestock, Editor-in-Chief of Convenience Store Decisions Magazine and the Executive Director of the National Advisory Group. Thank you for joining us. Please sit back and enjoy as we talk all things convenience retailing. Hello and welcome to the Convenience Store Decisions Live podcast. I'm John Lovestock, Editor of Convenience Store Decisions and the Executive Director of the National Advisory Group. And I am happy to be joined today by Terry Gallagher. Terry is the president of Smoker Friendly and just an all-around industry presence in the tobacco field. Uh, Terry, how are you? Thanks for joining us. Oh, I'm great. Thanks a lot, John. I appreciate uh, coming on and speaking with you. So um, looking forward to a little conversation and doing something a little different than uh, just working. <laughs> Good. Well, uh, since you're a special guy, we actually have a sponsor for this uh, podcast. So our, our podcast today is brought to you by Swisher. It's more important than ever to have the right OTP business partner. Choose a partner that offers category support, data-driven insights, and the industry expertise to responsibly drive your profits and growth is essential. With a long history of industry leadership and a team of certified category managers, Swisher is the partner that you can count on for the products your customers want and the business support that you need to effectively navigate ever-evolving challenges. Experience the benefits of having a true business partner on your side with Swisher today. So thanks to our friends at Swisher. And uh, now, Terry, uh, tobacco. Huh? So not much going on in this category, huh? Pretty, pretty not much quiet. at all. <laughs> so um, you've been in this industry probably your whole career, I would imagine, and much of your life. You're smoker-friendly. is a family business, um, you know, wonderful family business. It does a lot of great work for our industry and the communities it serves. So uh, how would you describe uh, the state, the overall state of tobacco today and kind of how it's evolved over the past, say, uh, decade or two? I think, you know, I, I think the tobacco um, and nicotine industry is really uh, strong. It's, it's uh, robust, um, definitely a lot of ev- evolution, but, uh, you know, it's been very good for us in all the different categories. Um, you know, we participate uh, in every single one of the categories and even some of the alternatives. So we've seen a lot of changes um, through the years, but, uh, you know, we still drive a lot of our business um the foot traffic with uh, the cigarette category, and and uh, that's been pretty darn strong for us. Uh, we're probably a little bit unlike some of the other retailers in the in the country, and and while you know the cigarette business has seen declines in that three to four percent year over year the last few years, we've actually uh, you know grown that business within our stores, and probably through uh, you know the the uh, um, pricing strategies that we have and the the the, uh, the kind of the breadth of selection that we have within our stores having a, probably a broader selection and a lot of legacy brands um in in the category and then participating with the you know the cig- cigar companies and and the moist um definitely a lot of changes within uh you know the oral category and and the uh oral nicotine um with the products like uh a Zen and and a Rogue and and uh, Drift and other spitless products that uh, are really uh, making an impact and kind of a safer for you type category, um, even though we can't necessarily say that. Um, but you know, really great products out there. Um, a lot of uh, 
definitely a lot of change up in the uh, e-vape category with uh, um, the date finally hitting in September and, uh, you know, a large number of uh, the companies uh, going in for PMTA and, and then some of the uh, smaller uh, brands exiting the space because they are not going to spend the money. So we've seen a lot of, uh, you know, liquidation leading up to September and in some of those, uh, in some of those, those particular brands and companies that uh, chose not to go down that path. Um, so I know a lot of uh, different retailers were, were really watching their inventory levels in that category pretty closely and watching who they were doing business with so that uh, we didn't get stuck with a lot of uh, um, obsolete or illegal products. So um, yeah, just lots of, lots of changes. I mean, consolidation within the industry um, through the last 10 years has, has been a big piece and, um, but it, it's still, you know, as I said, really robust. I mean, we're bullish on uh, being in the tobacco business and, and being in our channel, in the tobacco store channel. Um, it's, it, uh, it's very strong, and we've been very active in, in the acquisition side. Uh, we, we rolled up uh, uh, 33 stores out in Missouri last November and another 22 stories, stores in uh, North Carolina in February pre-COVID and, and actually just closed on three more in North Carolina yesterday. So um, we, we, like, uh, we like the channel and, and we're actively looking for acquisitions. So, um, you know, even though we have a target on our back between, uh, you know, state, uh, federal and local excise taxes and uh, vapor bans and, and flavor bans and product bans, um, we think there's a spot for the, uh, the, the overall category. And um, we're going we're gonna to be uh, one of the uh, uh, guys that are playing in the cracks and, and taking advantage of, uh, you know, what the opportunities are in that marketplace. So being bullish on tobacco and with all these uh, new products and new opportunities, and this is something you and I had talked about. I know you don't have stores in California anymore, but uh, do you keep an eye on some of the legislation, the really uh, draconian registration uh, legislation that states like California are introducing and, and Massachusetts is another? Yeah, definitely we do. You know, it's um, you, you kind of look at those those states, unfortunately, as leaders and in other states that follow and um it it uh, it's worrisome. I mean, you know that that uh, that kind of legislation is filters into the other states, and um, it is very onerous and in a lot of different ways. Um, it, you know, California with flavor ban. It uh, it's uh, you know it's really um, something that uh, we we watch really closely. Uh, yeah, kind of not in the tobacco side, but I noticed today in the in Colorado where I'm at, uh, reading the local paper, and our governor uh, kind of following in the footsteps of uh, Gavin Newsom, talking about uh, you know not having any um, uh, gasoline or diesel fueled vehicles in the state of Colorado by by 2050, and and you know they they signed that legislation in California just you know a couple of weeks ago, so. They those those uh, states, California and Massachusetts, New York to a certain degree, they kind of set the tone, and the politicians and bureaucrats look to them, and 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 they like they like to be followers, and it's it's unfortunate because, um, you know, that what they do is set up a lot of uh, of uh, uh, 
set us up for unintended consequences. I mean, you know, we've talked about this in the past. California, there's no question that uh, they're, they're going to see some pretty vibrant um, uh, markets in in probably Reno and Tahoe and, and Las Vegas. And obviously the black market will um, uh, be very uh, significant in, in that state, similar to to uh, what happens in New York and some of the Eastern states when, when you uh, really create um, onerous uh, excise taxes and, and ban products, um, those products are gonna flow in across the border. And, and uh, really at, at the end of the day, you're really only hurting your own state because uh, the uh, um, you know, law enforcement really isn't stepping up and, and uh, prohibiting um, the, uh, the, the black market trade and those illicit products from coming in. And so um, it just hurts the businesses within those communities and those states when you, you create those type of, uh, of local laws. Yeah, and at what point are we gonna actually ask ourselves, California is a state that can't provide electricity or has trouble providing electricity right now for its own citizens and has to have rolling blackouts. What, uh, what kind of uh, stress is that gonna put on the system when every car is electric? Uh, I yeah. think they're thinking this through uh, quite clearly. No, I, I, I definitely, and I, I think I've told you that in the past we used to be in California at one time had, uh, I don't know, 20 or 30 locations out there and exited in the late 90s. And, and uh, you know, when we said we exited California, we had made a decision as a family business that we were only gonna do, do business in uh, uh, the United States. <laughs> I think that, uh, you know, my, uh, I had a little bit of a crystal ball. I mean, they they are very socialistic in uh, in their way they rule the state, and it uh, makes it very difficult uh, for our friends in the industry out there in just about every um, segment of their business. And when you look at the uh, you know the C store business out in in California, I mean, they they are under under attack in in just about every form that uh, they sell, whether it's fuel or food or or tobacco. It's it's a very difficult state to do business in a very expensive state to do business in and a little confusing so they support smoking uh marijuana and hemp and that's all good and you can go to a dispensary but cigarettes are bad so i yeah. um, <laughs> we got to uh, feel a little bit of that in colorado during covid when they started shutting down non-essential businesses and we had some communities uh, within the uh, the colorado um, areas that uh, determined that uh, you know our smoker friendly stores were not essential um, but at the same time uh, recreational uh, cannabis um, shops were allowed to stay open and liquor stores were allowed to stay open so how do you make that uh, determination of you know what's essential and what's not and and um, one of the sad things I think that we've seen during this whole COVID um, period is that uh, we have bureaucrats and politicians that are picking winners and losers, and that's just not right. It creates a very volatile business atmosphere, that's for sure. Uh, well, looking for, well, uh, before we jump ahead and start looking forward, I guess this the underlying message here that is that retailers need to stay active. They need to know their legislatures. They need to make their voice be heard. I know looking at your company, I know how much great work you guys do in the community. And that's really replicated throughout the industry. Many, many chains support uh, local uh, communities. They support schools and athletic teams. And 
any threat to profitability hurts those opportunities for the community. So how do you, how do you make your voice be heard and, and get that message out? Yeah, so it, it uh, <laughs> that, you know, that, that is difficult. And I, I think that uh, um, obviously when, when we're really tobacco centric, it makes it even more difficult to, uh, to do things because you're so limited in, in how you can, uh, you know, really market and advertise in, in within the community. So, um, you know, we, we still stay very active in, in terms of, uh, you know, supporting, um, you know, the local schools and, and uh, universities and, and uh, charitable organizations. Um, and we think it's important to do that because that's where our, um, that's really where our workforce, uh, they're, they're, based in, in, in these communities. And, and we want, uh, you know, we, we really want them to, uh, to have nice communities and, and to, to support the, uh, um, you know, the different entities that, that do need our support uh, and other businesses support to, uh, to function well and to, to really, you know, produce, um, uh, you know, good, good products or good students uh, for, uh, you know, for the future. So, um, so it's not, you know, not an easy question to, to answer, but uh, we stay stay really active out there. And um, as as uh, as you mentioned, you know, the the folks that are in the convenience industry are are very active, both at the local and and state and federal level level. And 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 I think you know the the good operators support the uh, the the NATOs and and the NACs of the world, and and uh, really you know take, take, uh, take advantage of, um, working with our trade groups to, uh, you know, have our word really, um, represented, whether it's in Washington, DC, or it's in, you know, Denver, Colorado, or, or down at the local city council. Mm -hmm. And do you invite legislators out? I mean, how, how close are you with the, the local reps, uh, in the communities that you serve and, uh, has it made an impact? I mean, are you able to, get them to see what you do and see some of the good work that you do. Yeah, we, we definitely do. I mean, we, you know, we have our smoker friendly conference and tobacco festival every year that is followed up by uh, the Rocky mountain cigar festival. And we leverage those events in a, in a big way with our local politicians and our state uh, legislators and, and invite them to uh, come out and see what we're doing in our industry. Um, and to, uh, participate, whether it's as, as a speaker at our conference or as a, um, just as an attendee to listen to what we have to say and, and what we're doing, you know, within the community. Um, and it, it's been very successful. I mean, we, we work in those states um, to have some relationships at, at the different levels um, to, to, you know, to be good citizens, but also work very hard to protect our business. And uh, really, that's uh, that's the name of the game. And I think that in in my conversations with some of these uh, lawmakers, they always seem surprised that uh, retailers are so active. But uh, it, it, as far as I'm concerned, it's a message that that can't be told enough. Yeah, definitely. And it's it's you know it's good to get them. I know a lot of retailers that uh, invite uh, those local politicians or state legislatures 
or even, you know, our federal um, representatives, whether it's a, a senator or a congressman, to come out um, and visit us in our office or also come out and, and really visit our stores and, and meet our people that are operating our stores and take a look at the products we're selling. And we sell them very responsibly and, uh, you know, give them a, a, a snapshot of, of who we are as a family business and what we're doing as a, as a business on the street and that we are um, good members of the community. Good. So uh, you mentioned, again, is it that you were bullish on the category. Tell me how you think the next uh, year or two are going to shake out in the tobacco category. What, what do you think retailers can expect? Well, I, you know, I think that, um, you know, we're going to we're going to continue to have kind of the, the barrage of uh, of, um, you know, local uh, municipalities coming after us in terms of uh, um, licensing. Um, I think maybe local taxing or fees, uh, uh, flavor bans and product bans. I think we, we were going to have um, that really is on the horizon or continues to be on the horizon. Um, I think that, uh, you know, that we're going to continue to see a lot of innovation from our manufacturing partners um, that we're going to see, uh, you know, new and better products. Um, I think we'll see, uh, you know, all three obviously will bring ICOS out to a, the broader um, trade as opposed to some of the beta test cities that they're in. Um, we're we're going to con continue to see evolution, I think, within the vape category. Um, definitely in nicotine, you know, whether it's a, uh, um, oral pouch products or, you know, the, uh, like Pixitine toothpick sticks or other, uh, other type of nicotine products that, uh, that are out there that the consumers, uh, can find, um, uh, very useful and, and that they adapt to and, and like the, uh, um, you know, kind of the, the, the oral piece of it or the, uh, um, kind of the, 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 root the ritual that, uh, that that's around the use I, I think that they'll they'll continue to you know be adaptive i think we'll continue to see that poly use that, that that's out there that uh, um the consumer will be buying multiple categories um because of the type of uh, uh constraints that they have on when they can use different products and when they like to use different products we definitely have seen you know an uplift um through covid because of uh um, I think that uh, the consumers had, you know, much more time on their hands. Um, they've also been very stressed by what's going on around them. So we, we see consumers turn to uh, uh, adult products, um, whether it's alcohol or, or, or nicotine or, you know, even uh, cannabis or other alternative products. But uh, we've, we've seen a nice lift with, uh, within every category in our business through this time. And we really do attribute it to uh, to uh, consumers' time on their hands and and um, and uh, just kind of their stress level. So I think uh, you know that um, we'll continue to see uh, we'll probably continue to see the the uh, um, the dwindling use in in the combustible cigarette as as time goes on. But but we'll we'll see um, that crossover into the other categories and and. Uh, 
I think that that, you know, strengthens our business because uh, those categories um, are continuing to grow. And for our, us as retailers, um, those other categories are generally more profitable for us from a, a, a gross margin and petty profit standpoint. So um, it's not all bad to have uh, uh, somebody transfer from uh, one category to another that, that uh, uh, makes us a little bit more money. So um, I think we'll probably see some more consolidation at some level within uh, the manufacturing world. Um, and I think that the, the manufacturers will continue to uh, kind of drill down into the type of programs that they have um, uh, for their uh, retail customers. The other thing that I think we'll see, um, I think we'll see some exit from the category in some of the trade classes. I think that convenience will continue to be kind of the king um, of uh, cigarette and tobacco as a retailer. But um, I think that we'll see more and more pressure on grocery, mass, and drug to be in that business and kind of the negativity that uh, is created by the category. And so we may see some of those, um, uh, those, those channels or those chains and those other channels kind of drop out of the business or, and continue to de-emphasize it. And I think that creates uh, opportunity for the uh, C-Store class and also for the tobacco store uh, channel. So I, I see opportunities as, as time comes, goes on. And now you guys are also active in other areas. So just getting outside of tobacco for a second, CBD, and you know, we mentioned hemp. Uh, CBD is something that you guys are pretty bullish on as well. Sure. Yeah, we, you know, we, we, we're actively um, selling um, CBD and, and some hemp products within our stores. Um, you know, we, we um, are really uh, uh, happy with the, uh, the kind of uh, um, business that we're getting out of that area. And, you know, our, uh, the Solari brand is doing like terrific within our stores. We've, we've done kind of a reset, uh, within our space and, and, um, really got some, some great products with some, some great pricing. And, and, uh, it's a, it's a nice, um, niche business that we see, uh, really uh, the opportunity to grow in it. And I think it will grow. I think there's a lot of, uh, probably going to be a lot of washout within that space because there's so many brands out there trying to attack so many different channels of trade um, that there there's, it's just natural that there's going to be um, some flushing of uh, a number of brands and there'll be some good, strong brands that'll kind of rise to the top. And, and I think it's going to be a good category. And um, so, yeah, yeah, we're, we're tuned into it in a, in a big way. Um, we, we unfortunately because of the state laws really can't be in the uh, THC side of the business because most states preclude uh, the, the sale of those products within environments that sell uh, tobacco or alcohol or other products that are not associated with the, the sale of that. But uh, we, we obviously um, participate in the accessory business and, and that's really strong. So um, we'll, we'll kind of take what part of uh, those alternative channels or alternative uh, products uh, that, that they, they kind of present to us and, and uh, try to capture sales within them. I remember talking to Mary at a NAG conference, it's gotta be 10 years ago, and she said, keep an eye on, uh, on hemp and marijuana as a, as a C-store, as a growing category, 
And I was skeptical, but uh, she said, write it down, Toker Friendly. That's going to be our brand. And um, I thought that was funny then. And uh, I would love to see that someday. I'd have to come out to Colorado. That's right. You will. <laughs> we've done we've done a little branding with the Toker Friendly brand. Um, not a lot, but uh, we've we've done some and uh, protected that protected the mark. And um, you know, we we use it in a few places. We also use the uh, Glassworks brand within our stores for uh, you know the, the the six to twelve foot sets of uh, of glass that uh, is is used for alternative products. So it's a, a strong you know, strong segment within our, our trade channel. All right. So, uh, again, if you can uh, just give me one issue, what uh, for our listeners, you know, if there were one issue or one thing that they should be focused on, say, over the next six months, what, uh, what advice would you have for tobacco retailers? Boy, it, uh, it's probably a downer with what, <laughs> because it, I should be given like a, a a good sales tip or a good brand tip or this is really going good for us. But God, I, I just believe that, you know, we as a um, um, as retailers have got to stay uh, focused and working together in all these local municipalities and trying to protect our business and and uh, trying to uh, really keep these cities from uh, uh, continuing to uh, come up with these very damaging um, uh, municipal laws in, in banning products and banning flavors and, and uh, you know, licensing uh, at, at high, high rates of, uh, of license fees. I think, I think that, that, that's what we got to keep our focus on is keep our eye on the ball of being able to uh, um, sell legal products that were meant for adult consumers and, um, you know, our right to sell those products. I, I really, we can't let that uh, slip by. And I know that there's a number of uh, um, geographical reasons that uh, regions that have uh, taken the hit, but we, we still have to kind of fight for that right. And that, that would be my, my biggest uh, thing in the next, uh, in the next year. Let's, uh, you know, let's battle those bureaucrats and politicians and in, in, protecting our right to sell these uh, these legal products, these great products that our manufacturing partners uh, have developed and, and uh, are uh, being produced for consumers that have the right to use these legal products. There you go. That's the rallying cry. So uh, that's, uh, that, that's great advice, Terry. And I hope uh, everyone that's listening uh, takes advantage and uh, contacts their legislatures and stays active, uh, supports... Uh, groups like NATO and the work that Tom Bryant and his organization are doing supports our uh, great, like our sponsors at uh, Swisher and uh, lets everyone know the great work that tobacco retailers are doing to support their legal age customers. Absolutely. I, I totally agree. I think, you know, NATO has done a great, a great job and, and uh, we have a lot of manufacturing partners out there, Swisher being a big one that, uh, you know, step to the plate and really support us and in, uh, in our um, battles uh, in these communities. So um, glad to be sponsored by Swisher. Got a lot of friends over there. Um, great business partner and, and uh, um, enjoy working with their whole team. Well, awesome, Terry. As always, I enjoy speaking to you. We've been getting advice from you and learning about tobacco for 20 years. So uh, one of us is old. I'm not sure which one, but 
uh, me, I'm old. <laughs> and, and all the advice you get from me is you get what you pay for. Uh, well, thank you. As always, uh, it's, it's great to talk to you, and thank you for coming on today. Yeah, thanks for having me, John. I enjoyed chatting with you. Great. So uh, thanks, everyone, for listening. Uh, I hope you enjoyed our podcast. Please join us for an upcoming edition of Convenience Store Decisions Live. Thank you for joining us. I'm John Lovestock, and this is the C-Store Decisions Live podcast. If you'd like to join us on a future podcast, please email me at jlovestock at wtwhmedia.com. Have a great day.